Mass. Does that sound good tonight? You mind if we dig into that? In a minute, we're going to go to Matthew uh, 7, 1 through 7 in the NLT tonight. That's where I'm coming out of. You can, again, read out of any book of the Bible that you'd like, or that book of the Bible, translation of the Bible that you'd like. I just really love the NLT. Um, but one of the things I want to say before we get going any further is this. Um, week after week, get ready to make some noise. Week after week, um, like just get ready with your hands like, oh, just ready to go in expectation. Um, week after week, we hear uh, time and time again about how welcomed people feel here at Takeover Church. People feel so welcomed, and I, kind of, I want to tell you guys too that this 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 isn't this isn't because of the staff, this isn't because of the worship crew, this isn't because of any of that. It's because the church, every single one of us, go out of our way to make people feel at home, to make this place a home for you and for me and for anybody else who comes through our doors. So could you just make some noise? Because I'm serious. Like, make some noise for yourselves. Because week after week, it's Facebook messages, it's Instagram DMs, it's, it's all of it, man. People come here and they leave feeling loved. We had a couple here last week that weren't able to be here this week, but they are a part of church and they're awesome. And, and they sent us this amazing message about how uh, the guy, he was, um, he was agnostic when he got here and now he's not. And, and about how much he loved church and he loved the message and he loved everything and how welcome she felt and all of these things. And so I just want to encourage you, keep loving people. If you're new with us tonight, I hope you feel loved. If not, not, somebody's going to love on you. But before we go any further, I'm going to give them an opportunity to do that. I got 30 seconds on my imaginary clock. I need you to get out your seats and give as many high fives as you can. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Somebody's leaving the pastor hanging. Fifteen, sixteen, what number am I on? 17, 10, 18, 19, page up top one time, so 19, 20, 21, I got no clue where I'm at, 22, 23, 24, 25, six, oh, nope, I didn't get a pack, so I didn't get, okay, 23, 24, 25, 26, low fives don't count in the kingdom of heaven, everything we do, we do a big, 27, 28, 29, you left, you left, never leave a high five hanging. 30. Find your seats. Find your seats. All right, whose hands are a little bit moister right now than they were 30 seconds ago? Touch Zach's hands. Oh, shots fired. Jeez, that's not cool. All right. Well, if you're in the place and you met Zach Kramer, you'd know that his hands are wet. Uh, thanks, Scott roommates tell you what anyways we love high fives here we love community here if you're here and it's your first time don't leave tonight without a number without a facebook connection without an instagram follow whatever it is life is better together you don't have to pray alone you don't have to fight alone you don't have to struggle alone you don't have to go through it alone life was never made to be done in seclusion i want to encourage you with that tonight get involved join a crew become friends with somebody whatever you got to do but man, don't do it alone. Does that sound good? Fantastic. Then we're going to open up to Matthew 7, 1 through 7. Y'all got your Bibles? Got your Bible devices? Who has a Bible and a Bible device? Yeah. Man, you are definitely going to heaven. All right. 
First, verse one, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Verse three, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck out your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Verse 6, don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn around and attack you. Wow, that was heavy. They're going to turn around and attack you. Jeez, y'all mind if we pray real quick before we go any further? Jesus, I thank you for tonight, God. I thank you for this opportunity to be here. God, I know that we are in a building, Jesus, but your word says where two or more are gathered in your name. There you are in the midst of us, God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. It might just be a building, God. It has no actual significance other than the fact that a bunch of Bible-believing, Jesus-following, people-loving people gathered here tonight, God, to get together under one name that is yours, Jesus. So we thank you for this house of God tonight. We thank you that you're here. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the worship. God, continue to do what you started in us tonight, God. God, it has to go. The mask has to go now. Not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, God. So continue to move and challenge us here and now in these next few moments. In Jesus' mighty name, if you believe it, would you make some noise? Amen. Amen. Fantastic. A little wah-wah break. A little wah-wah break. <laughs> Matt, you're five. Shut up. All right. Anyways. Hey, so the reason I chose this scripture, which I think is awesome that it ends with the thing about pearls and the pigs, um, is because I think uh, over the last few weeks we have taken a look at, I'm going to say three masks, but that's just because we're on the third message, and uh, I know that we looked at a few different ones in there, but I don't remember how many. I think we're probably around six masks that we find in today's world in today's, it's not just Christians, it's not just church culture that we find these masks in. These are human being conditional problems that we all do. But how many of you guys know that if there's a human condition, if there's a human problem, there is a God solution to it. Amen. That the blood of Jesus is thicker than any generational curse. Curse. The blood of Jesus is thicker than any label. The blood of Jesus is enough for everybody and anybody. Amen. And so the reason I chose is me versus the mask because in 2018, Man, how many of you guys know that the world is the smallest it's ever been? Do you know what I mean by that? In 2018, we are more connected than ever, and yet studies would tell you that we're actually more distant in, in terms of relationship and actual human interaction than ever before. But that's not what my message is about tonight. I just think that's a really crazy fact. But it is 2018. We do have social media. We have all of these things. And the reason I say me versus the mask, and the reason I'm talking about this scripture here, isn't because we're going to get on this, uh, this holy roller, uh, Holy Spirit train of just bashing people for their speck in their eyes. The reason I chose this me versus the mask for this message tonight is because I believe what he's referencing here is less a log in our eyes and more a mask on our face. That the log that Jesus is referencing in our eyes is actually actually the mask that we wear, that we bear, that we have chose to put on. It is a front. It is fake. It is faux. It is not real. It is a projection. We talked about last week. It's a projection of who we want to be or who we think we should be in order to project it onto people so that they think we're a certain way or they talk to us a certain way or they view us a certain way or we're invited to certain things, whatever it may be. We are all wearing a mask at some point and sometime in our lives. Amen. 
And so the reason we chose this verse is simple because in 2018, with the world being smaller than it ever is and having access to more people than we've ever had, um, back in the day, back in the 90s, you'd have to go to a, a grocery store to read a tabloid to find out what's going on in, in celebrity culture. Who's Ma? Loves People Magazine. You can tell on your mom. She probably ain't here. It's all right. My mom, I love People Magazine. Tell you what. Oh, Benefer, Benefer over. Like, my chill. You don't even know these people. Like, all, all the 90s kids are like, oh, that's right. That, yeah, that would happen. Um, but the world is smaller than it's ever been. And, and, and now we don't even have to be in proximity to actually judge somebody, to cast uh, an opinion on them without knowing them. We don't even have to know them. We don't even have to talk to them physically. We don't even have to have a relationship with them at all. We could just think that their little uh, bakery goods are really cool and they're a part of this. And we follow them on there. And then when we see them, we make judgments or whatever it may be. We live in a time and a place where an opinion is within abundance and we, we don't hold them back. And we make these snap judgments and these snap decisions and these snaps uh, calls on who we think people are, what they think they are. And we, most of the time, we don't even know them. The worst part about this, I don't think judging is good at all. So if I could, if I could say there's a worst part of it, is that more often than not, we now, via social media and other things, and I love social media. This is not trashing social media at all. If you see me on the gram, I love it. But this is not trashing the social media. This is saying that now we actually get to live vicariously through each other's stories and Instagram feeds and Facebook feeds and all these things. I, get, I don't even got to know what was going on in Kentucky to know that Justin was struggling and that Guppy rolled her ankle. Praise, girl. I'm glad you're okay. But I can now live vicariously through your experiences, through that. But on the other side of that, as great as that may be, and as awesome as I, and grateful as I am to have access to find out what my friends are doing and how awesome their lives are, way cooler than mine, I can also make judgments. I can also judge their friends. I can judge their activities. I can judge the speck in their eye, what they're getting into. I don't even have to have context. I don't even have to be in the vicinity. I don't even have to know why certain things were going on. All I have to do is scan through somebody's story and they're at TGA Fridays and all of a sudden they're turning up on a Saturday and all of a sudden I just see alcohol in abundance and Matt has already made a judgment call. Matt has already decided within himself before I even, maybe I didn't even speak it, but I've already gone, well, that doesn't look good. What are they doing? Yada, yada, yada. I make these snap judgment calls, right? And so the reason I say me versus the mask is this. I love when Jesus says, can we roll back to that scripture one time? Is that cool with you guys? I love when Jesus says, do not judge others and you will, be, or, uh, and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others and the standard you use in judging by which uh, you will be judged. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck out your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. Get rid of the log in your own eye and you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. You will see well enough to deal with the, uh, the speck in your friend's eye. I love that part. Now, more than John 3.16, this actually might be the most popular, well-known, easy-to-be-able recitable verse in history. Why? Because in first grade, we all heard what? Treat others as you want to be treated, right? Or if you went to Catholic first grade, do unto others as they would do unto yourselves. A little bit of the Old Testament there. But we've all heard this, right? This is the golden rule. That's what they call it, the golden rule. Treat others as you yourself would want to be treated. This is first grade here. But I love when Jesus says that, and he says, 
get rid of the log in your own eye, and you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your own eye. The mask I want to talk about is this mask of, of, of judgment, where we are able to look at everybody else's lives, point out easily, oh, they shouldn't be doing this, and they're living this way, and they're doing that, because Christians, we do this. This is 2018, and it is a plague in the church, where we are, we have a log in our own eye, we have a mask on, but the mask enables us and allows us to project now via social media and everything else. We haven't got to be around each other. We get to project now this image of what I want Matt to be known to the world as my church is huge and my outfit is dope and I shot at Gucci and yada 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 and I can put out this image and I can fool everybody and I can do this but the thing with the mask also your projection it allows you to make judgment calls about everybody else because you yourself are judging yourself by the mask that you wear and I love it. he says you will be able to see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eyes, often our mask that we choose to put on, this mask that we bear, so often it, it enables us to see the holes and the problems in everybody else's life and everybody else's walk with Jesus and everybody else's struggles and everybody else's journey. But rarely is there a mirror in that mask at which we have some self-reflection, at which we look inward, at which we actually look at what we have going on, our issues, our sin, our journey, the things that we're, we're missing the mark. No, because we're too busy believing the lie that we've put on ourselves, projecting an image of who we want people to assume and believe us to be, all the while not affording everybody else the same uh, grace that we afford ourselves by looking away at our own mess and only pointing out theirs. The mask I want to talk about tonight is this mask of me and who I want me to be because it's 2018 and we're able to push this off on the more people. Friends, we established the last two weeks that the mask that you live behind is the mask that you will die behind, right? Do you remember that? The mask that you live behind is also the mask that you will die behind. But the other thing I want to tell you tonight is that the mask that you wear will, be, will determine how and much you receive from God. The mask that you decide to wear will determine how much you are able to receive and, and, and experience in relationships both with people and with God. Because we can't afford to fool ourselves in 2018 that if we're wearing a mask to people, it's like we're going home and burying our real selves to God. Probably not the case. Chances are, is that we are living lives uh, where we are always on, where we're always putting on a front, where we always have something to say, where we always have a judgment to make, where we always are doing, this is what I want you to know, and this is who I think I am. I got 16 filters in the right angle, just so you think I look like something I want you to look like. And yet here we are. I highly doubt that that mask just suddenly comes off when we come home and we bear our soul to God and we go, oh, Lord, I'm just going to take my mask off tonight and uh, I just need you to love me where I'm at. I'm sick of being fake with everybody else. No, rarely do we do that. Rarely, actually, I think the human condition is to not only put on for people, but to put on for God. And when we put on for people, and when we put on for God, it makes it increasingly difficult for us to receive what God actually has for us, what God actually wants for us. We have an identity. We have freedom. We have liberation. He has gone to the cross. He has paid for us, like Rusty said, to have the Holy Spirit with Jesus and go to the cross. The Holy Spirit never would have come. And we now have the ability to live with Reckless abandonment, completely unhindered, completely liberated, completely free of our chains. This is actually attainable because of what Jesus went to the cross for. Whom the Son sets free is what? It's free indeed. And so therefore, the only way that we are now hindered, the only way that we are now held up as believers of Jesus, of followers of Jesus, of sons and daughters of the Most High God, 
is if you and I choose to put a mask on and withhold that from ourselves. Friends, we are here, we are on mission. There are, we, we didn't meet Jesus just to simply have Jesus. How many of you guys know that? Like Jesus doesn't just begin and end with us. Jesus begins and ends with everybody else around us. The second we get on this journey with Jesus, we are now on assignment. We have a workplace with people in it that are our assignment. We have cousins and families and members now that are now our assignment. We have people in our lives who are now our assignment. But friends, they will never receive the amount of love of God that they should from us if you and I live our lives day to day wearing masks with God where we never actually receive all that God has for us either. We can't give something that we aren't receiving. We can't hand away something that we don't have. And so one of the masks I want to talk about is this. I want to talk about this mask that, man, it's 2018 and I have now found a way to create an appearance, create a narrative for my life that is, that is bigger than myself, that is better than where I think I am. It all comes out of a place of insecurity and I need everybody to know that I'm this, that I'm that, that I'm Matt, I'm the greatest preacher, I have the greatest marriage, Adrian and I never fight, uh, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on and on because nobody on Instagram posts a bad day. Nobody posts an Instagram post where churches. 50% full. Nobody posts on Instagram where Adrian and I just got in a fight and her makeup's running and I'm upset. We don't do these things. We put on and we put on and we put on. But it's a mask that we hide behind. And if we keep that mask on, we're never going to receive. We're never going to understand. We're never going to experience as much as we can with God and let alone with people. Amen. And so when I'm thinking about this, because I, I'm that person, can I be honest with you tonight? Man, I struggle, my wife can attest to this, I struggle with judgment. Lord, save my soul. I struggle with judgment. It, it, it is the worst possible thing in the universe. I, I, I grew up a certain way, and, it's the, and then the excuses start, right? I, I grew up a certain way, and I just didn't like these certain kind of people, and yada, 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 and... Like, who wants to live somewhere where they have a driver tractor to school day? Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get everybody on my little redneck hate train. Anyways, I'm kidding. But I make these judgments. A few months ago, Adrian and I were talking, and I got really convicted where I was talking about somebody's music, and, and uh, there was a podcast guy that I listened to, and I still listen to him. I think he's great. But uh, how many know what you put in is what you get out? And I would always, so when I started hearing stuff I didn't like, I'm like, yo, that's trash. Oh, that's trash. That song is trash. The Migos is trash. Scott's lift on Instagram is trash. He didn't even keep his back straight. It's trash. I would say these things. And I kept saying it. And the Lord really spoke to me. He was like, hey, though they may not love me, those are still people that I want, that I put you on assignment to get. You are a Christian. You are to be a light in the world. This is your job. This is your duty. It now begins with you talking to anybody and everybody and loving them to get them to me. Matt, nobody is going to love me if you keep saying that what they put their hard work in, their time, their talents, their gifts, their skills, I gave them that time. I gave them that talent. I gave them those gifts. I gave them the ability to make music. I gave them the ability to make that. And they're never going to come to know me as if the person I have given the assignment to, to go to, to be loved, to show love, to show up in their lives when all hell's going down, to be loved to them, is sitting around calling them trash and judging them. Well, God, I'm not saying they're trash. No, but you're saying what they put their heart and soul into is trash. Do you really think that's going to win anybody over from me? Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Man, I'm the worst offender of them all. 
It's too easy in this life church to sit here and make snap judgments about the speck in somebody else's eye, the issues in somebody else's life, the journey that they're on. It's easy to sit here and behind my mask think that I've got it all figured out because I'm a Christian and maybe I serve a church or maybe my crew is bigger than somebody else's or maybe I have all this influence or maybe I'm a preacher or maybe I'm this or God has this huge call on my life that I'm going to to Bible college and I'm going to walk it out and I'm doing these things. All of that is great. All of that is fantastic. I hope that that's you. I hope that God is, that you know the call of God on your life. But all of that has the legs pulled out from underneath it the second we go around judging everybody else. Because the log in Matt's eye is the mask that I hide behind. And if, 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 if I didn't have this mask on, I could see people for, what they, for how Jesus sees people. When I'm praying about these things, Jesus is like, Matt, that's, because trust me, we, we got things to work on, all right? Uh, uh, grace doesn't negate effort, okay? We don't have to work towards God, but we do have to put some effort in to follow God and to walk this beast out. How many of you guys know? It doesn't negate, it negates work. It doesn't negate effort. We have a job to do. I have to work on me. You've got to work on you. It's called the sanctification process with the Holy Spirit where I spend time with God and I spend time in community with godly followers and it begins to shape and change and form me into the person that God has called me to be. And just like how you and I have calls of God in our lives, the people that God has given us on assignment to reach for him also have a call and a gift on their lives that are to be used to bring glory to God. But friends, that's never going to happen if Matt just keeps going around judging everybody for things they don't even know. Like, how can I call somebody sin, sin, if they don't actually know Jesus and the confines at which sin actually counts? Like, friends, this whole, can I just be honest? I feel like I'm following a script right now, and I'm sick of following the script. Y'all good? Can I be honest? 2018, we got this mask on, and it sucks, and I hate it. And, and again, we, we, we've put it behind this idea that uh, love the sinner, hate the sin. We've talked about this before, but love the sinner, hate the sin doesn't actually work for us as humans because we are completely incapable of actually separating someone from their sin. We see someone's actions, and it's immediately followed up with who they are. We see what somebody did as a mistake, and we think it's who they are. That is the human condition. It's the human complexity where my issues and my situation is completely correlated with who I am. And then for Christians, we do the same thing. Oh, that's a, huh, that's a drunkard. That's a, an adulterer. We do these things. The reason love the sin, love the, uh, love the sin or hate the sin doesn't work is because we cannot adequately separate those in our minds. But when Jesus looks at them, when I'm praying with God and I'm like, Lord, I just judge everybody and I don't even get it. Like, what is wrong with me? Jesus is like, bro, that is who I died and I rose for. That's who I'm coming back for. And I'm like, my God, like, yeah, you really love these people. He's like, you should love these people. Why? Because the Bible says that man looks at the outward appearance, but it's God who sees both the outward appearance and the heart. I am not, you are not, we as the church are not adequately equipped to stand outside somebody else's life and make judgment calls about them. We're not. Why? Because we don't see their heart. We don't see their soul. We don't see their spirit. We don't see who they actually are. But God does. He knows them. He loves them. That's what he gave his life for. It's what he came back for. It's what he's going to come back for. And he has given you and me the assignment to put away our feelings on what they do and focus on who they are and what Christ actually paid for, which is who they can be. Amen? Do you believe this tonight, church? 
sometimes I just start like reciting what's on here and that's all good and well but the reason I write out a message is just so I have a through line um, and I never want to be so stuck on what I prepared with that I am negating what God's trying to do in the broom tonight. Does that sound okay to you? Because man, for real, we live behind this mask and I think what the church needs to, to know in 2018 is this, how about love people and hate our own sin? Like, it's simple. What if instead of judging the speck in everybody else's eyes, we literally do what Jesus said and worried about this log jam we got going on in our face? Like, I cannot adequately see you for who you are because I got this log in my face blocking what God has spoken over you, what God has said over you, what he paid for you to be. I am sitting here judging you because my view and vision of you is obscured because of this log, this mask that I am wearing on my face. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Man, there is a world out there that is living and dying lives that are far from God. This is not, uh, this, this is a very real thing where people really do need Jesus, where people really are incomplete without him, where we are fractured human beings, we are fractured souls, and you and I are the ones on assignments to go into the wild and go into our world and go into our streets and to occupy every space and every threshold that our feet come across for the glory and love and light of Jesus Christ. But that is next to impossible if we're focused on everybody else's issues and not ours. Friends, we got to get to a place where we are working on ourselves. Again, this is not morality. This is condition of the soul. This is getting with God and talking about these things, man. I'm telling you, I have a huge problem with judgment. I have a prejudice against redneck people. Like, it happens, okay? But I'm working on this. I have an incredible wife who pulls no punches by design. Like, girl, I need you to tell me what's going on. I need you to tell me when I'm slipping up. I got my boy, Rusty, who is single-handedly dominated my best friend category for the last year now because he's truthful and he's honest and he pulls no punches because he knows that's what Matt needs. Man, if we're going to get this log jam out our eye, we got to be around some people that we trust and that we have given the opportunity and the platform and the ability to speak into our lives, whether we like it or not. Because we are not equipped to do this thing alone. We're not equipped to do it on our own. We were better together. We're made for each other and we need each other to get through this thing, to be all that Matt's called to be, all that Natalie's called to be, all that Amanda's called to be. What we're called to be, what Casey's called to be. We need each other. Amen. Amen. What time do I got? What's that devil clock saying? Anybody know? 610. Oh, far out. We got to speed this thing up. I got really good for a while of not drinking into the microphone, but now I, I'm not. You guys ready for this next piece of scripture? All right. Mark 12, 28 through 34. I love hearing pages turn. Whew. It's good. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Man, they're always trying to box Jesus in. 29, Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only God. Verse 30, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Have you heard of this, church? Verse 31, the second is equally as important, says Jesus. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of the religious law replied, well said, teacher. 
You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all of my heart and all of my understanding and all of my strength and, and, and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required by the law. I love how Jesus is real and just says it very bluntly, very humanly. And then you got this religious dude who's just like... I sip coffee and I type in a typewriter. It's 2018 and uh, all the burnt offerings and sacrifices are uh, no longer required in law. Realizing how much the man understood Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Realizing how much the man understood Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him anymore. Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as ourselves. I love that because, first of all, Jesus took all of the commandments of the Old Testament, which by the time Jesus actually showed up on the scene, we as humans, we took uh, what Moses gave us from God and we completely started adding to them because that's the human complexity. We talked about that in week one. We love to either break down what God said and not hold to truth, or we like to add to what God says and make it really complicated, right? We talked about this. By the time Jesus rolls up on the scene, it's thought that there's about 667 other laws and commandments added to this thing. All these subsection C, subsection B, subsection this. It was ridiculous. And so these, these uh, religious teachers of the day, they asked Jesus, yo, what is the most important commandment? Jesus goes, there's two. They're equally as important. One is love your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And the other one is to love your neighbor as yourself. And I love that when he says, love your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. He says this because... We cannot love God with what we don't have. All our heart, all our soul, all our strength, all our mind. That means all of Matt's behind the mask. Heart, soul, strength, mind. Not the heart that I want you to think I have. Not the soul that I want to put on and think that you, that you think that I have. Not the strength that I project to have but don't really have. Not, 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 uh, not uh, my uh, insecurities and things because I don't want you to know about that. But all of my actual heart, soul, strength, and mind. How many of you guys know you cannot love God with everything you have when you're trying to love him with everything you have not? Our masks are our have-nots. Our pretend identities are our have-nots. Our boats that we buy, our credit cards that we live in, the margins that we completely blow out because we're not living uh, within a God-given biblical financial context. We're living in debt. We're in debt overhead, and we're just sitting here going, you know what, but it looks cool and it's dope. These are masks. These are things that we buy, that we possess, that we put on so that others would have an opinion or have an assumption or have an idea of who they think we are when really we're just putting on for them. And often we do that with God because he says, I love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, not with all of your Xboxes, not with all of your game, gaming things, not with all of your cars, not with all of your money. Love me with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and all of your mind. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? We cannot love him with what we don't have, only with who we are and what we really have. Amen. And I love the second part. And this is one of the parts that we get twisted more than anything as a church. And it's probably because we just never explained it very well. It is this. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Another translation puts it this way. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. In this we think, oh yeah, well, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, if you love your neighbor, you're, you know, you're not going to murder well, if you love your neighbor, you're not going to commit adultery. Like, it sums up all of the, all of the old commandments. So that's, that's how we put it in there. But we've, we missed the big, big picture of what Jesus was trying to say here. 
Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Friends, there's a big, big issue and a big, big uh, paradigm that needs to shift in the church. And I think the church doesn't need just to think Jesus loves them. I think the church needs to love themselves. We got to pull the Justin Bieber and go and love ourselves. Like it's got to happen. 12 people. Great. It's got to happen. We cannot love our neighbor as ourselves if we have no idea how to love ourselves. We cannot love strangers and people that we come across and we can't assume the best and believe the best if we don't assume the best and believe the best and love ourselves. It's impossible. The mask that we hide behind serves as a shield from receiving God's love and a barrier from us giving God's love. We have to love our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, all of our mind. Not what we don't have, not what we put on, but with who we are, with all that we are. And only when we can receive that love can we actually understand who we are, what we are. Because again, we established last week, who we are is more important than what we do. And who we are is based upon whose we are. Amen. And we are now hidden in Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Jesus that lives through me because of what he did on the cross. Amen. So the mask has to come off because we need to be able to love God and receive from God all that he really has for us, all that he really says about us, all that he speaks over us. But it's important because you and I also have an assignment and that is to love others as we love ourselves and we are completely incapable of loving people if we can't actually love ourselves. Man, what's that Bible verse where uh, 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 there's a light on a hill and a lamp and you don't place a light on a, on a pole and then put a basket over it just to hide it, right? It is. It's in, actually, it's on four of the Gospels, but thank you. We are called to be the light and the love of this earth, of Jesus, to everybody who occupies this thing. But when we put a mask on that love, how many know light's only coming out the sides and out the front of it in certain parts, but it's not getting, nobody's getting a total picture of what that love looks like. When we have a mask on with God, we're not receiving total love. When we have a mask on with people, we're not able to give total love. A partial light is a powerless light because all of the light is what changes people. All of the light is what makes this place light up. It only spurks up little parts of shadows and little light over here, but God has put us like a city on a hill, he says, that cannot be hidden, that cannot be covered up. There is that would adequately portray through its eye holes and its mouth hole and out the sides God's love for people. It's only when we take the mask off that we're actually able to convey the total love of Jesus. Amen. Worship team, you can begin to make your way back up here as we begin to land this bird. God's design for us, the reason he went to the cross, wasn't that we would have partial fullness in him. It's that we would have total completeness in him. He didn't go to the cross for that light and that love to be hampered, to be hindered by anything, including our insecurities. Jesus came to give us total freedom and total liberation so that we can be the light and love to the world because he paid for them just like he paid for us.
the real us. He saw past our mask. He sees past their mask. And he came running towards us anyways. He interrupted my portion of history. He interrupted my story that was being written by my own decisions, by my own actions, by my own inability to navigate this life according to his actual plan. So he interjected himself into history, friends, so that you and I can take this mask off, so that they don't have to live behind a mask, so that our insecurities can be secure in Jesus because we're good enough because he says we're good enough. We're lovable because he says we're lovable. We're worthy because he says we're worthy. And we're free because he says we're free. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to stand up and we're going to sing one more song. If you guys want to stand up, we're going to get ready to go back into it. In this life, church, our battle is never against people. It's never against the speck in their eyes or the mask that they wear or their shortcomings that they have or every target that they fail to miss. Our battles in this life are never against people and their mask. Our battles in this life are me versus my mask. Jesus didn't come so that the church would have love and have judgment. Jesus came so the church would have Jesus. Jesus came not so that I could have judgment, but so that I could have Jesus. Not that we could wear a mask, but that we would have Jesus. Not that we would have a mask, but we would have freedom. Not that we'd have a mask, but we'd have liberation. Do you believe this tonight? Because the God of the universe who interjected himself into our history and into this world, into this place, who came back for his bride and he's going to come again and he's empowered us to live without masks. Our insecurities, they died at the cross of Jesus on the hill of Calgary. They're not there. Our insecurities don't have to hold us. They don't have to keep us. Our shortcomings no longer are held against us because they were held against Jesus. Our masks have been held against Jesus. He knows the real us, the ins and outs, and every single part of us. So we're going to sing a song where we want to overflow. We want God to set a fire where we want to be refined. We're going to sing set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. A fire that I can't hide behind a mask, that I can't put behind a projection that doesn't stop at my insecurities and my worries and my doubts. But perfect love set a fire in my soul that cast out shame and it cast out guilt and it cast it all out. Amen. So we're going to worship. And we're going to lift up Jesus because he's worthy, because he's able, because he's actually done it, because we're planted in Jesus. He is our anchor. He is our home. There is no place for insecurity in the kingdom of God. You are as secure with Jesus on this journey with him as you will ever be. Amen? So we're